You're listening to the Sean Dillingham Podcast. Well, here it is, episode episode one, and I I can't think of any other actor that was available that would do this show, but Greg Lutz is here, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Greg, you look fantastic. Well, thank you. I feel fantastic, and I think that's because my picture's next to you. And that's, you know, that's always uh, an amazing fit, I think. That's how it should be. And people people aren't going to see this video. It's a podcast. They're only going to hear it. And let me describe the picture that I get to see. Because <clears throat> you folks don't get the benefit of this. But I'm looking at a man who's wearing probably three to five pounds of polyester. Uh, a shirt that uh, you could probably fly with because the, the collar is going way beyond the natural borders and a red leather porn couch. Listen, Greg, if, if we were casting a porn, I'm telling you, you would get the lead in it. Wow. Wow. I appreciate that. You know, uh, because you certainly don't want to get the behind if you're getting the lead in a porno that's, you don't want to be the behind, which would be the opposite, right? Yes. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I thought for years it was Greg Lutz, L-U-T-Z, Greg Lutz. But then I heard you uh, on another interview say it's Greg Lutz. Is that the correct pronunciation? Yes. I've, I've only known you 15 years. So. I know. I know. Well, see, my family, my family came, you know, from I can't tell you what country we came from. Um, uh-huh. Gets a so, secret. So, so it's so not we, Lutz. It's, that's the name they gave you when they relocated you here. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So uh, yeah, Lutz is actually a first name in the country I come from. Yes. And Lutz is a last name. So you might be Lutz Lutz. But here people say it. Can I say, can I cuss on this? Go ahead. I don't give a shit. Ass. Yeah. Ass backwards. They would say yeah. Lutz 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 Lutz. Uh-huh. Or when I was a kid in, in uh, well, I was a kid and yeah. I was in uh, grade school. Uh, the nurse would always get confused with. Quaaludes and Greg Lutz. Like can't Costanza and can't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And now yeah. what is that Lutz? Is that German? That's German, right? That's German. One yeah. of the Romance languages. That's true. Yes. Yeah. And all and, and English is a Germanic language, yeah. which can sure. get confusing. And, so you, and uh, you wow. do know that you do know that's one of the romance languages, right? I know it is. Yes. Yeah. That's why I have polyester on today uh, because what, of the romance to bring it about. What person wouldn't want you to cuddle up next to them and speak softly in their ear in a lovely thick German accent and just hit, uh, him, hit him with what? I meine Schatzi, ich kenne uns Freise lagen als der Altsgezeitet und 22. Doesn't even sound romantic. Sounds like you're being interrogated. You will do this now and enjoy it. Oh, you're bringing back memories of the old country now. Uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, scenes in Spy with uh, Melissa McCarthy is when she's in that crowd and there's a she's in Germany and they're doing a German song and the guy is just singing sieben sieben eins eins sieben sieben eins eins <laughs> that's something you would write <laughs> yeah. just do it and act and make it natural pretend absolutely yeah you know now what the, what's the first thing you and I worked on was that Krampus or was that October flowers I think it was Krampus wasn't it I it, I think it was it yeah. was Krampus yeah and that was delightful 
It really was to, you know, to have there. There was nobody I'd rather be in a hole with in the desert at (laughs) three in the morning than Greg. (laughs) It was. Yeah, we had a blast for a while. I mean, you know, we ate. uh, I think the pizza was like nine days old. Sure. And that probably fermented or something. But yeah, we uh, that was a fun time kind of being a hanging out in like a man cave, but uh, uh, horizontally. Yeah, it was it was fun because uh, your German accent was just spot on. So good. I I I remember watching you and I thought, man, what a good actor. He is really, really just like it doesn't even look like a performance. It's just it's just so natural. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, sometimes when you and I have done things together, you know, I'll have to admit, I may not have studied the script in as full as full as I should have. And you'll be delivering your lines. And I think you're having a conversation with me. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh, Oh, we're doing our lines. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's remember, how natural. Do you remember my uh, punchy moment on that set? I remember, uh, to be honest, I don't. I, it was I, about, it was, uh, the sun was just about to come up. It was about five, five fifteen in the morning and I was right. exhausted. And I, my line was like something like find anything yet boys. And oh, it was yeah. just supposed to be done like the find anything yet, boys. Yeah. And I was so tired and so punchy <laughs> that for some reason, I just put a sigh in the middle of it. And I was like, so find anything, boys. <laughs> and all I heard was Robert go, cut. <laughs> really? He cut that? Yeah. I was like, I oh, know. No, no. I know. You don't even have to say it. I know. I'm just that's, tired. <laughs> that's thun- that's that's uh, lightning in a jar. Yeah. Like, like, You're going to cut I that? Was... Really? Yeah. Sometimes. And, uh, and then we did October flowers. October flowers. Yeah. yeah. I don't really understand what happened. I don't understand what happened uh, during that. I think I had I had one night. They did a great job with the gunshot uh, makeup well, on yeah, the side yeah. of my head. I, I mean, I, I, could, I, I, you know, it looked so real. I kept picking it and trying to eat it like <laughs> I with my own sores. Yeah. And, uh, and that, yeah. Um, but that that was an odd shoot because for some reason, after sitting there for about 19 and a half hours on the couch <laughs> quietly, because I'm the kind of actor I am, finally, I forget the gentleman's name, very nice man, said, oh, Greg, did you want to be in a scene? <laughs> I think I'm supposed to be in one. No, I'm, I'm catering. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I showed up with the, I'm a gunshot victim who just wandered in here. Yeah. So, But hey, kudos to him. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen the movie. Have you seen it? Uh, I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have. I think it's up on my shelf in here. As a matter of fact, uh, you did a tremendous job. It was fantastic. Uh, you know uh, what I really liked you in as well was um, uh, Durant's. Oh, funny you should mention that. Do you know that this booth, even though it looks like I'm at the Formosa mm. or in a porn shop, yeah, this is a booth from that set. Nice. Is that commandeered? <laughs> this booth. Is but that, that you know what was interesting about that hmm. was um I did you know for the art sake of film, you never know how you're gonna look. And as an actor, you don't and you're not worried about looking pretty, you want to look the part. So that's not what my concern was. But I was out of focus until uh uh Jack uh, Durant put his glasses on. Sure, sure. So so you know, at, you know, so you can't use it on your reel. Yeah. 
except for the very last part. But that was that was I I, I appreciate you appreciating that. Yeah, yeah, that, and then was... we worked together on what uh, the uh, crime scene. Oh yeah, crime scene uh, over there at crimescene.com. It's amazing yeah. that there's a store here in Phoenix where if you commit crime, if, listen, if you're a serial crime. killer, this yeah. is the place you want to go. The place to go. And as a matter of fact, you could, you know, unfortunately, serial killers also steal shit stuff. <laughs> oh, they have, he has those shopping carts with the pole in them. So you yeah. can't take them out. Like damn of, goodwill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Goodwill or Woolworths that was downtown. Oh my God. Did you just that. date yourself on that one? Oh, what yeah. the heck? So how long, let me ask you this for the audience, Greg, because they're going to want to know how long have you been acting? 40 years. Uh, theater is my background. I love live theater. Sure, get that I, audience response, man. Right, and, and you get you get a chance to do it different ways every night. Yeah, uh, and sometimes you know, in your case, even remembering the lines. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, they have you know uh, cue boards all over the place. You know, yeah. you know. So I'm always wearing sunglasses because yeah. that filters the audience can't see the lines in the back. Unless they wear the special glasses that I get. Gotcha. So that's, you know, so that's just, that's a trick of the trade. So you're a big theater you know. guy. Yeah. Theater. That's I am. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I studied with uh, Charles Nelson Riley. Really? Yes. I, in, in, I remember, I don't know. I'm such an idiot when it comes to meeting uh, celebrities. The yeah. first thing out of my mouth was, wow, uh, Charles Nelson Riley whatever happened to you <laughs> wow <laughs> i can't believe he's right out alive. Game. yeah he's like well don't ever do a game show to ruin your career <laughs> and uh but what a great uh director for a theater i mean just famous for uh directing uh broadway yeah you know i think one of the last things he did uh you know and all as we all age like a great wine uh-huh his, some of his old final bitter is that what you mean old and fermented and bitter <laughs> leaking cork uh-huh. uh, um he did an x-files uh and he was just brilliant in it without his toupee wow so but yeah and that was in los angeles and i studied with uh uh some other uh actors that you would have seen on all, all over the television, uh, like they would have been on the Rockford Files or Kojak and things like that. Uh, one guy was um, Paul Manti. And I remember when I walked in to audit, uh, audit his class in in uh, California, in uh, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. I recognized him instantly. And I and I said, Robinson Caruso on Mars. And it was like, get the get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Because that's the one film he does not want anyone to remember. Oh, great. <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, he was the lead in that. And he, his sidekick was a monkey. And um, Adam West, who played Batman, was the was the co-star who died uh, right away in it. So the guy had his own movie. So just a little trivia there. Okay. And so you started making you – got, you got an agent. You got representation. You started making your way up through, what, TV film, still doing stage? Yeah television i actually worked for stars casting out there which was a uh, extras and featured background excuse me background featured background and um of course if they needed somebody they would put me in there too nice. and of course that's how i got taft hartley okay was on a show called uh 
to protect and to serve. I think it was with C. Thomas Howell. And so for people listening, uh, explain to them what a Taft-Hartley is. I know, but go ahead and for the Taft-Hartley is where you are on a union film mm-hmm. and for the to drive the story through, even though you may be hired as a background artist, mm-hmm. um, the director decides, I need that character that background artist, I need him to say something in order to connect the dots. And so Ted Harley is a, is a contract that basically works toward making you eligible to join the union. Yeah. And they would tell you, you got to go jo- join right away. Mm-hmm. People would be, I got tap, I got Taft Hartley. And then you oh, run down and I, at I the would, time it was $600. Yeah. I would love to know what the, uh, the union fee was to join then when you were doing it. Cause now it's, I think 3000 in LA. It was six hundred and twenty-seven dollars. Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, there's no way I could, I couldn't raise that. Yeah, um, I was living uh, in Koreatown off of Fifth Avenue in Kenmore. Sure, I know where that's at. Yeah, that's right. downtown. And uh, and the only reason I moved from there is because of the Rodney King riots. I uh, I had been DJing in Anaheim, yeah, uh, California. And I DJ with cassette tapes, and that's another long story. Ridiculous. <laughs> you are so needy yourself. <laughs> well, the only reason we did that is because the, the, the guy that owned the, the DJ company was so cheap, he used to go to work and he would set his, <laughs> his stereo system to record Casey Kasem in the top 10. And he would record that and then he would, you know, pirate that off of the off of the radio. And then we had to use those tapes that were pirated off of the radio yeah. to yeah. DJ. Yeah, and uh, so I came home, fell asleep for a while, woke up. The apartment was on fire because they were firebombing the place because of Rodney King, and uh, that's when I moved to North Hollywood. You just threw cassette tape after cassette tape into a suitcase and ran. I did. I yeah. did. North Hollywood. Yep, North Hollywood, uh, Laurel Canyon, and Magnolia Boulevard. Now, when you think back, Greg, what what do you think was? Was there a role, maybe not stage, but a television or film that you had finally landed where you thought, well, now this this is a game changer. This is going to take me in a different direction, a different level. Not necessarily like, oh, that's it. I broke through. I'm rich and famous. But like one role where you're like, that's another level. And that's where I want to go. I would say that was on Remington Steel. Okay. And I was cast as an art thief, uh, you know suction cups on the wall mm-hmm. coming in all dressed in black mm-hmm. and then take my hood off close up of my face yeah steal the art and leave you know and then i had like two lines i had to call and go the cat's in the bag you know boom yeah that was a game changer after that i then had something substantial to put on my vhs demo oh, man okay Boy, do I remember those days going to the yeah, post yeah. office with, with yeah. 15 manila envelopes <laughs> and videotapes sent out. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. And hoping that you didn't go past anything that was magnetic on the way. Yeah. That's my oh, big that's fear. So my funny. God, I can't go through anything magnetic because I want them to get this tape. And and yeah, and it worked. You know, um, uh, I had uh, Agency Two down in San Diego was the only uh, representation I could get at the time. Yeah. And I think they were doing, uh, they were casting for silk stockings, which was big. But they were shopping you. They were in San Diego, but they were shopping you in the L.A. market, too. Exactly. Right. So so that's, that's when things took off. And, uh, 
Um, but yeah, it's just, and it was amazing. It was something where, you know, you think I don't got a chance in hell of getting this, you know, uh, the story of trying to get to the audition is just ridiculous. Sure. You know, everything from a flat tire to the taxi cab driver pulling out or pulling over and saying, get out of the cab because somebody had jumped in the cab who stole the <laughs> necklace off of a tourist on Sunset Boulevard. And he thought we were working together. Get but, out. But the, and, yeah. <laughs> and then you, you, know, you, uh, you just walk it and crying and you just make it, oh, man, like within, and you think, yeah, I'm doomed. I'm never going to get this. And then you get the call. But here you are 40 years after that start, still pushing, still pursuing that dream. What, what do you think it is? Uh, you know, I can only speak for myself which I'm not going to, but what do you think it is? What is it for you that drives you? What is it that you're like, it's still that dream, that, that brass ring. I want my money back. That's what drives me. <laughs> I want I that want Remington steel money. money. <laughs> I, all the money I've invested for 40 years in, yeah. in trying to make it. No, I mean, that is part of it, you know, is that, well, it's the love of it to begin with. I mean, you just love it. You just love when when you especially when you get to be somebody my age and you've been doing it you you do kind of it's like getting into a nice sports car that you own that you love that you yourself refurbished and put together and you get in it and you drive that's how acting feels for me yeah. most of the time sometimes you get something that you just know you don't know how you got it and you're not right for it and you right. can't you can't get in the sports car is there something still that is um it's still at the same level from when you started that you still get, I'll give you an example. For me, sure. it's, you know, you, you audition for something and then, and then you get that call, you get, you get a call back and you're like, Oh, mm. and then after that you get the, you get the notice from your agent. And it's like, it's like it was on day one where you're just like, Oh, this is why I love it. Yes. I mean, forget, you know, it's set and costuming and yet yeah, doing the job. Great. But for me personally, that's still as as strong and as as driving as it was on day one of just when you get that call. What about for you? That that is the same for me. When I get the call, there's there's a little bit of of um, did this really just happen? Mm -hmm. You know, am I still got it? Yeah. But yeah, it, you're right. There is a feeling about it um, close to close to the. Uh, fix uh you know when you're an, an addicted to something which i've been addicted to a lot of things yeah but addicted to acting is by far the best high best fix um and i know that has a, a negative connotation to it but sure. that's i mean there is a high to it and that's yeah. what keeps us going um, it's just that, that it's that it's it's almost a justification of like all those classes all the training all the hard work and this is what makes it worth it, you know, just yeah. like that, that self, uh, I don't know what the word is I'm thinking, but just, you say to yourself, this, this is what I should be doing. This, this is why. Yeah. I mean, we all as human beings, animals on this planet, we all need validation. I mean, that's why we're here. I mean, we, to be validated and to validate others and, you know, to have sex whenever we can. And that's a part of validation. And making love to a camera is, you know, that's validation. Yeah. A lot of, you have a lot of training in your background. Did you take film classes and commercial class? Cause I see those everywhere now. And I, 
In my personal experience, I see a lot of overtrained actors that are highly unemployable. They have so much training that it's like they've almost become lost in it. What about for you? Well, yeah, in the beginning, you know, you you went to every class you could because I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, mean, I knew about theater, but when it comes to film and the reason I was taking the classes, because not I mean, everybody needs a little bit of coaching, a little bit of help on a technique for acting or whatever it may be to keep sure. the pipes clean. Sure. But my thing was <clears throat> how not to fuck up on a film set or a commercial set. Yeah. And I could give a class. I mean, I would love to give a class on how to completely screw yourself out of a part <laughs> out of a reoccurring role. I have hey, done Lewis's how to shoot yourself in the foot academically. Well, exactly. <laughs> yes. You know, and you just go, ah, I didn't even think I was capable of being that stupid, yeah. that ignorant. Yeah. Um, so that's why taking classes and learning, you know, etiquette. Uh, and and things change so much too. Sure, you know. I mean, it's just especially now. I mean, with technology. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, there's so many people that have never shot anything on real film. Yeah. I mean, when I started, it was all real film. So, yeah. film. You know, every frame was money. So you better get it right. So you had to have your shit in one sock, and or they'll never ask you back again. What I have found is that, you know, they always tell actors this, but it's a little misleading. They go, if you're not acting, you should be training, but they need to clarify in that. Don't take more acting classes. What, what they mean is go out and learn how to skateboard, learn how to skydive, yes. learn how to ride a unicycle. Because when you get those casting calls, they're going to go, we need four people that know how to ride horses. We need somebody who can work a paddleboard, somebody who knows how to play ping pong. And most actors are like, I'm an actor. When I'm not acting, I like to think about acting. And that's what my passion is. Yeah, exactly. huh. yeah. And then you also, you know, here's another Greg Lutz, how to screw up. Don't put something on your resume and then commit to it and say, I'll figure it out when I get to the set. Yeah. Because they'll figure it out when they when you get to the set that you haven't figured it out when you got to the set. But what was yours? Uh, what was yours? Horseback riding. I knew you were going to say I, mean, I can horseback ride. You got it. Cool. Wow. That's a big dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure yeah. shot up here in Carefree. Yeah. One of my friends really, really pushed for me. He was the casting director. Oh, no. Or casting director. Got me in there. And finally, after many, many, many uh, auditions, I got just a, you know, a, a day player, you know, under five. And I was just you know, ecstatic. And that was, I. no one knew who Keanu Reeves was. Sure. You know? And uh, so uh, they come over to the group and they go, um, who over here is proficient? with a horse and i well me hello you know, that's me you know and i kind of looked that way you know at the time you got a robert conrad I, vibe yeah, happening. yeah i did I, I i looked almost identical to him you know okay and they just said well when the scene happens say your line jump on the horse and just carefully trot through the rest of the town because we're going to you say a, trot sir what do you mean <laughs> which, yeah you know i've had the trots before i yeah. you know horse I don't think they would appreciate that. Yeah. And then they were going to do a jib, you know, come up and and do the whole town. The typical opening of a Western. Sure. You know? Very John Ford. That's exactly. Exactly. So and uh, so they, they uh, you know, uh, action, you know, background. I, I say my line. I 
try to get up on the horse. I try it again. I finally get up there and the horse kind of takes off halfway and I finally get up there and then he just stops. <laughs> and they're trying to call me back. Like we know something's wrong. So I'm trying to get the horse to go back and finally go like that. And the horse just jets off all the way through the studio, picks out some lights with it. But you know what I did, Sean? God. I decided I'm going to come. I, I want to stay in the film. So I'm going to just let the horse run free in the desert. And I'm going to go take the long way back around. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to show up at, at the at the extra, excuse me, background table yeah. and say, hey, I'm here to do background. Yeah. So I got to work the rest of the time as a background person. And I'm sure they're still looking for that idiot. Yeah, they're like, where did that guy go? I some yeah. horse with no name. He's out in the desert somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Let me ask you this: <clears throat> Did you ever have a moment where um, it really sort of set things in motion for you? It, uh, it this is what I mean by this, and I'll tell you my story. <clears throat> I was I, when I was twenty two, starting this, you know, and I'd done theater and you know community theater, school plays, stuff like that. <clears throat> but I had. Uh, at 22, I had landed a, a regional commercial, not national, not local, but it was pretty good region, a couple of states. Can and I ask where? Can I ask where? Here? Was, yeah, it was in Phoenix. Oh, okay. And so I, I landed Taft-Hartley, and I land this commercial, and uh, they're like, your call time's at 11. I'm like, okay. Now, prior to that, I thought, as a lot of young actors uh, do, that as the actor, I am the most important thing on this set. I am the actor, sir. I am here. And I got there at 11 and all these giant hulking muscular men were there. They had built the sets. They had everything oh set up. And I walked in and they were like, all right, look, monkey boy, we, uh, we've been here since five this morning and we want to go to lunch. So don't screw your lines up. And I was like, yes, sir. And I realized at that point, I am probably the least important thing here. That, that light has more of a purpose than me, but I'll tell you something for me, Greg, it was, it was good because it humbled me early on. Right. I wasn't of the thinking like I'm the actor, I am the star, sir. I am here. I was like, I am, I am, but a, a a small cog in a much larger machine. What about for you? Yeah, same thing with me. I remember the first time I got, um, I guess uh, a larger, uh, more more lines than just you know, here's your mail, sir. You know, studied for it, and I I, I had these visions. I know they were just waiting for me to show up. Mm -hmm. Here he is. Come on over here. Oh, man. We, oh, how lucky are we? I mean, you're right. You get to the set and, and you don't even know who you're talking to. You're trying to check in. There's shut up, sit down, do this, do that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, our, all you are mm -hmm. is a screwdriver that fits a screw. And when they're done, yeah, just, you know, you, you get thrown away, not thrown away, but the, it's certainly not rock star all day long. No. Now, I'll admit that if it's a good union production and you're a day player, they, you will feel like a rock star. They treat you nice. I mean, invite you. We'd like to invite you to the set, you know, <clears throat> whereas, you know, a lot of you drink, you need something to eat. There's snacks over here. You want to mm -hmm. sit here? We'll come get you. And <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you want something for that sore uh, uh, on your nipple there? Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> They're just always accommodating. Now, you know, I, I love all sorts of film and everything. Um, but there are some productions where it's like, you know, if I'm there and I dedicated myself to it, I'm going to stay through it. 
but the, you, you know, there's been times when you're like, wow, they, they not only hate me, <laughs> but they seem really angry. They are trying to destroy uh, what fabric, you know, of, of, uh, sensibility i have left you know i've been here for 18 hours you know and i've i've got a warm uh, bucket of water and half a bag of potato chips and oh uh, no no greg it's 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 on those sets it's like do you want let's see do you want the pretzels or do you want the goldfish i you know the sir there's so many choices i don't know i know i know yeah and i love when you get the low sodium yeah and i'd like to say right now to every production stop getting Lacroix as a beverage that that <laughs> bubbly flat tasteless soda don't get that anymore i've been and, handed that so many times that i'm just like do you have anything else yeah uh, i don't and, know hot hot toilet water anything else <laughs> and while we're mentioning this you know uh what is it hungry howie's pizza or you know and i'm sure the hungry howie's pizza is good when it's first made when it's fresh yeah but when it shows up on the set 17 hours later yeah, yeah, or seventeen hours before you arrived, and it's actually as hard as the cardboard box yeah, it's in. And they're like, "Hey, you know, you can take a lunch break and you go there." I mean, I just uh, and I. It's funny when some people say, "Hey, uh, we'd like you to get on board with us." Um, you know, you you get an IMDb credit and it's deferred payment, and we're gonna have pizza. Yeah, it's like, and deferred wow. means what? You're gonna have fucking pizza and that's it you're that's never getting paid. yeah you're never I, getting paid. to me i mean it just it sounds like uh dropping turds in a toilet you know deferred yeah but you gotta yeah, get that credit but, there is, but if some but deferred will work for you or taking points on the back or whatever it does work as long as the person knows what they're talking about when they yeah. offer there's a lot of people that are very 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 good at what they do and and they are very passionate about it and they're just not educated so yeah sometimes the deferred doesn't happen let me ask you this and i'll share again with you another brief story was there a moment in in your acting endeavors <clears throat> that you were like wow that's that's how i want to be because for my moment was this I was I was in this film on the road. All these big names: Steve Buscemi, Viggo Mortensen, Kristen Stewart, <laughs> Kirsten Dunst—you name it—they were in it. And then, of course, me, which I don't want to brag, but uh, I was in it on the road. It's on IMDb. Anyway, doesn't matter. So my moment was I auditioned with this director, Walter Salas, Brazilian director, three times. Three times, finally got cast, and. Uh, I, I showed up my first day of filming and I'm sitting in the, uh, I'm sitting in literally a warehouse and I'm in the makeup chair, <clears throat> had my wardrobe. There's ward, there's a hundred extras, background actors uh, in, in this building. And um, I'm sitting in the makeup chair and I, I see the door open and here comes the director, Walter Salas, flanked by a person on each side. And he walks in and he looks around and he sees me and he gets a big smile on his face makes a beeline, walks right over to me, extends his hand, shakes my hand and goes, Sean, thank you so much for doing my movie. It's so good to see wow. you. Yeah. And he walked away and I was like, wow, that's <laughs> how I want to be. Cause this guy could have walked up to me and went like, and you are, and you're playing who let's yeah. go. But it, to make everybody feel like, and that that's really for me, very important. When you're on a set, we're, we're all here on the same level. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, <clears throat> there's no hierarchy. And I, I don't like working with, you know, 
I don't want to say directors or producers, but anybody who thinks my time is valuable and yours aren't, yours is yeah. not important. Yeah. It's it's a team effort, and he made me feel that way. That he's working with these huge movie actors, right? And I'm nothing. And this guy makes a beeline to make me feel welcome. You ever had a moment like that? Yes, I have. And what that is is that's a director or producer, whoever that realizes that if everyone's happy. He has he doesn't have to work as hard, you know, to get everything to work. Everybody's relaxed. So that's you know, so that's very and he's probably a person that just likes people, yeah, and actors and stuff. Um but I would say uh just recently, I can't say what the what the television series is. Mm -hmm. You know how we're we're not supposed to say anything on media, yeah. but yeah. it was it was a situation where and I, I this was my biggest fear. Is that I'm going to get, I'm going to uh, send in a self tape of me crying. And of course, I'm jamming onions and cucumbers in my eyes and everything else. And, and then I turn the camera on and, and then it, you just see it. And it's just, wow, this guy's good. And then you get cast and you're like, I don't think they're going to let me jam shit up. You're like, I, I'm all out of onions. <laughs> I do, you know? And so, and what's funny also is that I've been I, I had an audition. It was for Hangman. Mm. And it was a movie that Al Pacino was doing. Mm. And I I had auditioned for a scene with Al Pacino. Wow. But I had I had they were telling me my daughter has died and it's Al Pacino, you know, going, OK, you, you, your daughter's died. Whoa, wow. You know, and yeah. you're supposed to go, oh, my God. So uh, I did it fake. You know, and then I show up at the audition and it, I walk in and they just go, OK, cry. <laughs> well, let's do it, because that's what you got to do. And they, yeah. you got to Al Pacino and they're going to do one or two takes and you got to do it, you know. Boom. So let me back up to this one. I just did the self tape with the emotion and the feeling. Screw the crying. I get cast. I get to, and it didn't say in the script, you know, you've got to cry. I get there and the, the director was so nice. She says, I really enjoyed your audition. This is going to be a rough <clears throat> night for you. Oh, and I'm wow. like, okay. She We're says, going to be punching puppies to get you to cry. We're going to take you to the journey to that place. And I said, okay, I'm willing to go and, and I'll do my best and everything. And she got me there. Yeah. She got me there. I mean, it was amazing. Just, you know, so that was uh, really, and I'm sure a lot of actors have that fear of, you know, I got to cry. You know, it's nothing worse than fake crying or, you know, yeah. you, you, you know. anyway, it, that was a moment where she's, I loved your audition. I'm here for you. This is what we need. And this is how we're going to do it don't worry don't freak your and that was one of those moments where i felt like we had been friends for years yeah so yeah well we're gonna we're about wrapped up here let me ask you this uh, you got the next couple of minutes it's all you advice advice to new actors advice to maybe people who have been acting for years you know uh if you right. had their ear what what's the best advice you could give them in pursuing uh, what we call an acting career. Number one, don't lie. Don't lie on your resume. Don't lie uh, to production. Uh, you know, just 
And the reason I'm saying this is because in the beginning, that's what I did. You know, I mean, they was, are you available on the 6th or the 9th? Well, no, I'm not. But yes, I am. And then what happens is you screw up everybody. And, and if you would have just been honest, they may have even said, well, let's see if we can reschedule this around you instead of you lying. And that happened to me where I realized I lied, you know, and they would have done when they found out that I was lying. They're like, well, this guy's he's got no credibility. So the other thing is also is don't worry about what you look like or sound like. Don't, you know, there, I, I work with actors like this, is my best side, always use my best side. And no, I do not. I will. I have to look pretty all the time. Mm. And it's like, yeah, but you're playing a homeless woman who just jammed a coat hanger up her. You know what? To have an abortion. You can't look pretty there. You know, Yeah. So that's a mistake. A lot of people like they, 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 they you know, you, you've got to uh, embrace the uh, the. The uh, the fact that you're an actor and that you may not be a leading person. Also, another thing is headshots. Don't go to the mall and get the glamour shots. Mm. The other thing is don't if you know for a fact and when you're a young actor, you may not know this, but maybe you're not the prettiest guy. Like, let's say Steve Buscemi, mm. phenomenal actor. But in the beginning, I'll bet they weren't hoping that he would be on All My Children or Days of Our Lives, you know? Right. Um, when you do headshots, do yourself a favor and make it you, you on your best day. Mm. Don't put, put tons of makeup on. Don't put contacts in. It, 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 and you can also heighten yourself to where your agent or the casting manager says, I can't use this guy as a character actor. He looks like a leading man, but he's got no credit. So right. you lose out. So, you know, and then just be honest with yourself. And uh, and and know why you're in it. So beautiful. That's what great advice. Greg Lutz, thanks for visiting. Do you have uh, any website, social media, anything coming up you want to push? Well, you know, we did the Miss OTB movie uh, that's out there. Uh, the Miss oh, OTB yeah. scandal. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I don't really have anything coming up. Um, there is the Flaming Hot, which is the story. It was a Disney. Eva Longoria. Eva Longoria, the Flaming Hot. I play angry husband. And, and it's just, yeah, the whole movie is about the angry white husband. But we can see you on stage. I know you just worked oh. with the uh, Black Theater Troupe. Why did? I and, did. Uh, and social media, <laughs> Facebook, all that. We can uh, find you everywhere on IMDb. Come see Greg. ideation. Come see ID. I'm directing ideation down at the Herberger and uh, look it up that you got to come. It's uh, opens the 9th of September. That's Bring it. me a Cinnabon. <laughs> Greg Lutz, L-U-T-Z. Find right. him, follow him. You will love him. He's a tremendous actor and a good friend. Greg, thanks for being here, buddy. Thank Have you, Sean. You're a rock star, buddy. All right, buddy. See you soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Sean Dillingham Podcast. For more information or questions, you can always visit www.seandillingham.com.